Strap it in. It's the Bears Nation podcast. With all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be our finest hour. Play Bears Texans week three, the Chicago Bears, whether you like it or not, tied for first place in the NFC North, along with the rest of the division. The Vikings look terrible. And it's it, it's funny because, yeah, again, he, oh, he did no, no shocker on Monday Night Football, but we are – on we're it's it's Wednesday now, and we did our post game show on Sunday night, which we rarely do. And I think, can you can you admit now, Jake, that your analysis on the post game show is a bit reactionary? Can we can we admit <laughs> it? Um, I'm still not entirely sure that Justin Fields is going to be the guy that's here for 20 years. I still have concerns. Okay. I'm not saying that. Okay, that's a, have, that's a more fair saying, point. I'm not I still saying, disagree with it, yes. but it's a more fair point. My point on Sunday was I'm out on. Justin Field, guy stinks. Get him out of here. That may have been a little reactionary. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, I think. However, the fact that he's thrown the ball so little through two weeks, despite having offensive linemen that are grading out in the top ten, top five of pro football, these throws like and making some of these dumb decisions like throwing pass lines were concerns. I have concerns that the coaching staff doesn't trust him enough to let it rip. You know, twenty even twenty. They times. said that's not true even this 20, week, though. They of course, well, of course, they're going to say that though. So I'll believe it when I because these were our concerns last season too. That they, they weren't just letting him let it rip and let him throw it thirty times, twenty five times. Like we were screaming for it, and we never got it. And now this new offense, we're still not getting it. And I just have concerns about that. I have concerns about some of the decision making he's made. Like, and granted, they like, you probably saw it, the misread Equinomia St. Brown when Equinomia St. Brown changed the route. Admittedly, he did. Change the route to a go route. It's supposed to be a curl route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have concerns about missing things like that. And sure, everybody on the offense is like, well, that comes with time. That comes yeah. with chemistry. Sure, I believe that. And yeah, you're right. He's, he's five games away from even playing a full season of NFL games. And you're not watching it at air quotes. Quote, unquote. Um, I know some of these things will be ironed out. Some of these things, admittedly, though, were supposed to get ironed out over the offseason and throughout last season. And yes, his time break, breaking up was played, broken up by injuries, by Andy Dalton, and so on and so forth. I get that. I get all of it. But I need to start seeing some of the progress. And yes, it's That's only two games. I get but that. But I have concerns. And until those concerns are put to rest by the play on the field, not by getting up an hour earlier, not by the coaches saying Stop they trust this. us, not by Lucas Patrick coming back to center and snapping balls in practice again. Until, that's, no, that's I see it, until I see it on the field, though, until I see him start to take advantage of those, you know, Equinomi St. Brown beating a guy straight up and hitting that guy for a 70-yard touchdown on third down, until I see him not throwing the ball up ahead of, after he's passed the line of scoring, until I see some of these things start to get ironed out on a week-to-week basis, because obviously he's going to have some of those Pittsburgh games, some of those Baltimore games, until I see it strung together over an extended period of time. I think right, last year wasn't his fault. He got injured. Okay, it happens. 
but I need to start to see the progress for those concerns to get put to rest. Until then, I mean, if this, if this is what we're going to get all season, London times, or making some of these head plays, or not seeing some of these busted plays where there's an opportunity for a long touchdown that could turn the game and flip the game, I'm going to have these concerns, and I'm going to be looking at those quarterbacks in the next class. Yeah. Like, the problem is, like, <clears throat> some of these issues that we were talking about. And I maintain about. the right to change my mind at, uh, by Sunday night, Monday morning. I maintain that right because and, if he if he goes out there and balls, okay, those concerns are going to be mitigated a little bit. But as of right now, as of September 21st, on the 21st night of September, I have these concerns still. The bottom line is this. A lot of those concerns that you're talking about have never been concerns around before. It was never a concern in college. It, uh, really, it was never really a concern. They were, they were the, concerns the, the, last season. Since, barely, since the start of his barely. pro Since the start of his pro career, they've been concerned. Missing reads hasn't really been a, a huge concern, right? You know, there, there was questions about, you know, times to throw. He's always been good at going through his reads. He's always been good at finding second reads. I mean, the, you know, going to uh, – I think it was the one that Equinemius St. Brown uh, against the Niners. That was a that was a, a read progression. That was like a second or third read, right? Like that's never really been an issue for him. So that's why I'm also a little bit cautious to like with Mitch. We always knew that those problems were kind of there, and we thought sure. that just like his arm talent and his playmaking ability would. would and over four years, those. those never went right, right. Um, but because these are kind of just like like there's explanations for some of them. Like there was an explanation. There was a guy who uh, I forget his name. What was his name? Uh, quarterback guy came on the score and he was talking about how, like, on that play, it's almost like impossible for him to even see Equinemius St. Brown. Sure. Given, it, it, go watch the interview if you want to see that. But look, when you talk about, uh, you know, we don't want to make excuses here, right? Like, uh, the bottom line well, is some of things don't. are going to change once you see the product of the field. Like, that, that's some of us don't make excuses. Okay. So I'm not making excuses. I mean, what I'm saying here are real things. But again, like, you're right when. Uh, it's like, all right, I've had enough of trying to dissect practice things. I've had enough of trying to dissect quotes. Like, I just want to see it on the field. Like, you're right about that. But you have to take these things into consideration, okay? I did some stat digging because I'm trying to really figure out what was going on. Justin Fields has been pressured on 39.8% of his dropbacks. Guess where that ranks in the NFL? It's got to be first. Though. First in the NFL. Most pressure quarterback on his dropbacks in the NFL. All right? For perspective, so I said 39.8% for Justin Fields. For perspective, Josh Allen. Nine percent of his dropbacks. All right. Granted, they've made sure to give Josh Allen a really good offensive line. Right. That's been a priority. Right. It, it, that's and I, you know, maybe if, if Ryan Bates didn't fall through with the, uh, they were gonna, uh, they matched the offer sheet for him in the offseason. Remember the Bears right, said right, they had the right, contract right, right. off for him, and they, that would have been nice. But um, the sure. bottom, the, yeah, yeah, but. The, the, when I say Josh Allen, I say that for two reasons. Yeah, their offensive line's a little bit better. He's not getting pressure. He has more time to throw. But he also not really getting time to get pressure because they get the ball out so quickly, right? Like, his time to throw is first in the NFL as well. And, he also, that and, guy loves to run. Who? Josh, Josh Allen. Yeah, he loves to run. But he, he's very quick with his decision-making. But I also think that's the way their offense is designed. Like, like sure. their offense is designed for him to just, you know, one read Stephon Diggs, Lant route, boom, you know, first out, right? And, I, and we've been talking about it so much. But you're not going to see, and, and and this goes to the rapport and the connection with Darna Mooney and Byron Pringle and Cole Komet, right? And here's what I have to say about that. I think the misconception with those guys right now at this point, and, and really in the first couple of games, is like, we need that deep connection. We need that 50-yard bomb between those guys, right? And, and then and then they're back, right? One, one, the moment they get that 50-yard bomb, like, they're back, they're connected. No, like, they're not going to connect until they get the freebies, until they get the easy ones, Right. If you're in a slump in baseball, if you keep trying to hit home runs, you're going to strike out. 
That's it, it's a perfect analogy. But if you did Joey Gallo, if you just take it, take it, take it back a step. Try to hit the ball to the right side. In football terms, that means just just connect on a slant right on a curve. Just get him the ball in his hand. Just get just. So this was going to be my thing. Uh, if you were if you had made the argument that Justin Fields is destined to turn into Josh Allen. I, what, what do you I say? You can't say that. How that offense has been tailored and has transformed over Josh Allen's four, four years. Yeah, this is four year, right? Yeah, or the, whatever. Over the last four or five years since Josh Allen's been in Buffalo, Josh Allen has had the same head coach and has had the same offensive coordinator up until this year when they changed offensive coordinators because Brian Dable went to New York. Obviously, this is Josh Allen's first year with a new offensive coordinator. The four years prior to that was the same. Was mm-hmm. consistency. Now, Justin Fields is now on his second head coach and his second offensive coordinator and really like his fourth offensive scheme because of all the shenanigans that happened yeah, with last year's Bears offense. So yeah. maybe and and maybe some of those concerns start to get ironed out that I was talking about, get ironed out over the course of the season, and then next year they get out ironed out even more. And the year after that, maybe there's that leap. Obviously, ideally, it does not take that long because that's a really long time to wait. But we've been talking about until we've been blue in the face that next year is probably going to be your year because offseason, you have a ton of money, almost most in the NFL, to play with mm-hmm. on free agents and trying to get you know talent here. And you know, obviously, Josh Allen's leap coincided with the Bills trading for Stephon Diggs and getting him a top-tier wide receiver, a guy who can stand on the sidelines and say, I'm him, which the Bears obviously do not have anyone at any position group no. that can say that. Well, maybe real But that's about it. He's not him. He's, he's good. Not, I don't yeah. think he's so, that's the only, but that's the only guy that could maybe mm-hmm. even have kind of a claim at even thinking of doing that. Um, we hope Jaquan Brisker can do that eventually. Not the point. Point being that consistency is really key for developing your quarterback, yeah. and that was always the thing with every Bears quarterback for the entirety of the franchise existence. There's never been consistency. If we can get, and obviously that this window. You know, people are going to be start calling for Justin Fields' head. They're calling for and Luke Getty's head, though, and that's what you're speaking also to. Also true. Yeah, because so, like, there needs to be time. And, obviously, I just went through a whole rant about, you know, Justin Fields and having concerns with him. But those concerns will also get ironed out with time. There needs to be consistency for Justin Fields to work with one guy and get that familiarity and that comfort level and that consistency. And hopefully it happens over this season so then we can feel good about it going into next season. Mm-hmm. But – that's part of the process too. That's part of the Josh Allen thing. That's part of, I mean, I mean, there's really, I mean, Jalen hurts even to an extent. Is that consistency sort of what, I mean, at least he's in year two of the same head coach, same offensive system, but mostly like Josh Allen's the prime example of that. They gave him four years and now you're starting to see the results and you started to see it last year. Um, so, yeah. Well, so what you're saying basically is there are people who are already, you know, Posing the idea that either you know two weeks ago it was Luke Getz going to be gone after this year because he's going to be a head coach, and now they're just posing the thought that oh he's going to be gone because he can get fired. No, you have to understand that at this point, <clears> through <throat> the first two weeks, unless something miraculous happens in the next fifteen weeks, Luke Getz ain't getting a head coach job anytime soon. All right, he's going to be the, the coordinator of the Chicago Bears for at least this year, next year, and hopefully a couple of years after. And that's you're going to need that consistency. Like, that's what's most important. If he struggles for the next coming weeks, the last thing you should be posing is fire Luke Getze because that's exactly what you're talking about. You send yourself into more of a spiral if you just keep turning over coordinators, turning up. No, work with them. I have trust in Luke Getze that he's going to figure this out. He understands the strengths of Justin Fields. I know he's shown that yet, but 
I, I do believe in what is being built and I'm not ready to give up because giving up just sets you back. It just doesn't make any sense. Now, here's another thing that doesn't make sense to me as well. <clears throat> the Bears this year have six total attempts, passing attempts on play action. You have six. Guess where that ranks in the NFL? Last, not last, 27. Pretty damn close to last. And the guys who are one through four in that category, Tua Tugabello, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Oh, you know, just four of the top QBs in the game right now as far as 2022 goes. Tua Tugabello leads the league in passing yards. Yep. Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the league right now. Yep. Justin Herbert is top five quarterback in the league. Jalen yep. Hurts is doing well. Jalen Hurts is playing well. And Jalen Hurts is the guy who, at this point, you know, Bears fans a couple of years ago thought, ah, oh, Justin would be much better than Jalen Hurts. Now every Bears fan's like, oh, I'd be very happy if he's playing as well as Jalen Hurts is right now because that means you're a winning football yep. team. Now the Eagles have a very talented roster around him, but also true. I, look, again, I just want to go back to this, you know, <laughs> this point that because this is, this is what's important. You know, I'm in the middle of this debate, right? There, there, there's it's a total polarizing topic that's been polarizing since the middle of uh, of July. The, the personnel is not good enough for Justin Fields, and that's why right. he's struggling. That's not true. The personnel is not good enough. You're right. Okay? It needs to be better. Is it, it, it – I'll rephrase that. The personnel is enough to work with. It's not top tier. It's not helping your quarterback in any way. But is it something you can work with? Can you be having more success than what you're having right now with it? Yes. And that's where people have to kind of understand. Again, I, I made the point. The Packers personnel group is not better than the Bears, and it was it looked easy for them. It looked mm-hmm. easy for them. The Bears have playmakers, right? We talk. I mean, don't forget people who are listening to this. How, how much you know? You guys all have friends you talk to the Bears about. You all have friends who aren't who aren't fans of the team. I know all of you guys who are listening to this went up to your Bears, your your, your friends, and said, "Hey, Byron Pringle's a sleeper. Byron Pringle's a good pickup for for great value in the in the free in, in the offseason, right?" Every single person listening to this podcast convinced themselves that Byron Pringle can be a 600, 700-yard receiver, right? And now it's just like, oh, no, personnel's not good enough. No. Like, you, like, granted, Byron Pringle signing wasn't like it wasn't a transforming. Right. It wasn't transforming, but you admitted it as well. He's a piece that can be valuable to your team in, in, in a way. And if look, he, yeah, if all everybody <clears throat> hit their ceiling. I, I mean, he doesn't, he has one catch all year. Like, yeah, because he might stink. No, because he he doesn't stink though. This again, this is the this is the problem. He doesn't stink. We're right. not, I'm not going to sit he around. No, he doesn't. Does Darnell Mooney stink? No, right. he doesn't. In his we don't think he does. In his games, in his five games without Allen Robinson last year, his average yards per game was 78. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean I, he I, doesn't I'm stink. It's I, not oh, just uh, Darnell Mooney needs Allen Robinson. Oh, no. nobody. The Rams. Probably not. But the bottom line is again. Yeah, I just uh, like it feels like when they have targeted those guys, the only time they've targeted them has been on the deep shots, right? There was the deep shot to Byron Pringle in the end zone against the Niners, and that ball well, was also, close. But in all this, you have to like you have to throw the ball more than eleven times, though, too. Right. So, and, and again, and if you're gonna if you're gonna throw the ball eleven times and you're gonna throw it to them once, it can't just be a fifty yard bomb. It has to be, hey, let's just establish a little bit of a rhythm. Let's establish a connection. Get the the receiver and the quarterback confident in each, in each other again, just as they were, you know, throughout the entire offseason. Again, you mentioned it last week. They're doing Chipotle commercials. You know, they're doing Chipotle so, commercials. Why is he not throwing in the ball? So let's spin this to the upcoming game on Sunday. How confident are you that we see Justin Fields throw the ball twenty times? We have Nano CBD in the chat. Is that Chris Nano's burner? No way. No Nano way. CBD. I don't think it's his burner, but that'd be hilarious. If it was. What's the comment? 
EQ number one receiver and Mooney number two. Let's go. He God, actually, that would be a Chris Nano take though. He's currently leading the. That uh, would be a Chris Nano take. Be. I wonder if it's now. that might be him. <laughs> Equinemius St. Brown. Equinemius St. Brown is such a Chris Nano guy. Yeah. Like I can't explain it, but Equinemius St. Brown would have been such a Chris Nano guy. I'm choosing to believe that's him. That's such a Chris Nano take. I'm we'll run with it. I'm well, choosing to believe that's him. Um, what were you going to say? That's, that's, so, yeah, so let's spin it to this game because we've talked about this upcoming game for about three seconds. How confident are you that the Bears are going to throw the ball at least 20 times? I'm very confident. I think he's going like, to throw the ball 30 times. I think he's going to throw the ball 30 35 times. I think he's going to throw the ball 35 30. times. Yes. 35? I, I think he's about 30 You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. Not on my mind. So why yeah. would they do that? Against because the Texans? Why, because why you wouldn't they do that? You don't because you don't have to to win the game. You don't have to throw the ball 35 times to beat the Texans. Yeah, but I think look, the, the way yeah. look Maddie Rufloos is not signing off on throwing the ball 35 times just to prove a point. It's not just to prove a point. I think they're gonna so here's why I say that. So so you're here, saying the Bears listen, need to throw no. the ball 35 times to beat the Houston Texans. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you I gotta think pick one. This is what no 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 no. You have to understand what I'm saying here. They're gonna throw the ball. 10 times in the first quarter or something. It's going to work. And then they're going to be like, wait, this works. Let's throw the ball more. That's what's going to happen. It's not a blue. You're not, I don't think they're going so, to head into the game with the idea that they're going to throw the ball 35 times. I think they're going to experiment with throwing the ball more and doing more of the things that we talked about. And when they have success doing that against the Texans defense, that's allowing, you know, the, the, the fourth, uh, they're, they're allowing the fourth most receiving yards by wide receivers in the league. When they find success against this Texans defense, then it's a revelation. And then, and then they're throwing the ball 35 times a game at that point. So that's like, again, it's not a blueprint, but I think they're going to have success and that's going to lead to it. But if that were to happen, so let's say that it happens. The Bears come out, they throw 10 times in the first quarter, which is one less than you threw for all the game. If you assume that they're going to have success throwing the ball, then, and that leads to success, then let's say they throw 10 more times in the, first, in the second quarter, and then you go into halftime and you've thrown the ball 20 times. And you have success, which obviously then implies points, which implies a lead if it's working, to your point. So then why would you have to throw 20 more times in the second half if you have a lead and you're just trying to – Okay. Like you don't okay, need to do that to win. Okay, you know okay, like, okay. If, yeah, right, right, right. Get, like theory of game flow, sure, sure. you wouldn't but, have to do that then. Sure. But I, I, look, look, the bot, look. Throwing 35 times implies a close game. And I know for a fact your game prediction is not going to be a close game. But here's, here's, here's what I say. If, if they are in a position – say they're at 14 at the half, right? Okay. You, you have to win that game by 35. Like you, like that, that should be, but you can still do that running the ball. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, you, 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 probably, do that you, you probably could, but I, I, I do like what, when you get to a point where you're, you're up maybe more than 14, maybe you're in a third quarter and you're up like 17 and you, your defense Fine. is playing well enough. You're probably going to seal. You, you're probably good. Right. Yeah. Then you can start talking about doing things for confidence. That's when you can have the conversation of, you know, let, let's start Ooh. throwing the guys who haven't gotten the ball a lot. I See, that's, that's dangerous. It's a little bit dangerous, but if, if it's working and, and if and, because and, what if it doesn't? I would say what if it doesn't go your way? Try, try it for a drive. Try it for a drive. If you if if you're up 17, you get the ball back. You have a drive. Then you can say, hey, you know what? Have, let's okay. Let, not even have hate. some fun, but let's have you know this connection with Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. It hasn't been there. Let, let's target them. Let's okay. and, and if it goes through, that you know what? Hate. Let's go back to our original game plan after that. I, again. I, I don't think this is going to be a close game. We'll get to it at the end, but this is like you've got a couple other win- like the Giants aren't a winnable game. Like you, it's a winnable they're game, winnable. But, but but they're not the the. It's going to be tougher than, than you thought. Thought probably you don't have a lot of games. The Lions are tougher than you thought. You don't have a yeah. lot of games on the schedule anymore. Where 
it's it, you know you're gonna win and not every every week is not it's every game is sunday right you can never walk into a game expecting to win but you know we all know what you know this is probably your easiest game of the next four it's the easiest game the rest of the season uh aside from i mean even, even right. the jets i mean i don't That's like right. uh or the right. falcons maybe but uh, regardless it's up there Falcons almost came back and beat the Rams. They might be scrappy. I think might be, they might be scrappy. Everyone's scrappy at this point. Houston, Houston's very scrappy. scrappy. I'm going to throw this mic at you. Houston Texans, they have also – and right. the reason – so I said 35 completions and or, or attempts, and I, I almost wanted to roll that back because the Texans have a lot of the most rushing yards of all the defense. Th- thank you. So, you know, but again, it, like – I will, he's not. What is your number? Because he's not throwing the ball eleven times. He's no. He's throwing the ball at least twenty. That, times. at least. So I. So I said a couple minutes ago that Matt Eberflus is not the type of guy to throw the ball thirty-five times just to prove a point. However, that being said, extreme Stephen A. Smith voice. However, I do think they're going to make a point to throw it more. I think you're going to make a point to twelve. Okay, this is yeah right. This is a Texans defense that you can throw on. I mean, you're going to see the cover two. They're going to be able to throw on especially if the run game's working, and especially if you do use more play action. I think we hopefully see 20 to 25. Because also I think game flow, and if you're winning, you're going to be able to just run the game. Yeah, yeah, I, you're right, you're right. And, and you I know, think if we see 35, something disastrous has happened. Because you think they're losing and they're trying to And catch they're up. playing catch up and need like – it's or a, he's and it's cooking. A, and or it's a shootout. Or like, or Davis Mills, you're in a shootout with Davis Mills. With like, Davis. I mean, something disastrous has happened. Speaking of shootouts with Davis Mills, here comes the Joe Ostrowski shout-out. Here he tweeted today, Davis Mills' career splits at home. Eight games, 14 touchdowns. One in a rating of 108 and 7.7 yards per attempt. Those numbers comparable to Joe Burrow and Aaron Rodgers in 2021. Now, Davis Mills on the road, which he will be this weekend in Chicago. Hopefully no rain. I don't believe it's on the it forecast. Is, is it, it is. really? Yep. <laughs> Can't do this anymore. Weather team. It is literally Wednesday, though. Things will change. I'll Davis Mills on sure. the road. Seven games, four touchdowns, nine interceptions, a rating of 63 and 5.2 yards. Attempt that rating of 63 comparable to Tim Boyle in 2021. And that yards per attempt comparable to Cam Newton in 2021. Cam so. Newton. Cam Newton. So clearly, whatever it is, Davis Mills not as good on the road. I guess that that Texans home field advantage is, is meaningful, but it, those stats are significant. Like typically, home road stats to me are kind of you know wishy washy. But if it's that that stark, if it's that stark, yeah. and yeah, like again, any given day he could have a he could have a game, right? You know that could happen. But those numbers are really really different home in a way, and and. Now, there's no explanation for those types of things, but it, I mean, unless he get unless he's just a guy that gets a little bit rattled. Like, if there's one thing we know, Jake Bears fans were upset. Well, that stadium's going to be standing capacity only, standing standing room only. That stadium's going to be 100 yeah. percent filled. That's going to be 100 percent sold out. Come out for love. It's going to be. It's going to. Yeah, I mean, people, he, people still like him in this town. I like him, but it's not really a storyline for me. Anymore. No, I mean, he, he's I, already been back what twice. Yeah, so, it's yeah. just you know, I don't know. I, I, I agree with that. Um, I'm over it. Yeah, I, to the Davis Mills point, I don't know if you saw, you probably didn't watch the end of the Texans Broncos game. I don't it know was. Why you expect me to watch? The it Broncos. was ugly. Some of the throws Davis Mills mm-hmm. made on their final drive were <laughs> so disgusting. It was pretty gross. Um, and, and we know that this Bears defense can be good enough to win you games. That Bears defense kept you in the game, at least in striking distance, shouting distance of the Packers, 
most of the night on Sunday night. So you should theoretically be able to rattle Davis Mills, get after the quarterback, make life uncomfortable for the Houston offense, and then let your offense do their work and get into positions to score you points and make this a runaway game. Should, theoretically, had some tackling issues on Sunday night against the Packers. Matty Rufus said he talked to the defense. They're working on it. Da, 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 da. We know the whole Lopes thing. We'll see if it translates. Obviously, you're going to play better because it's against a crappier team than you face on Sunday night. But I'm trying to look here at, at uh, what was oh, 2021? Uh, Justin Fields. Good job, buddy. Who has he played from his draft? He's played Trey Lance. He's beaten Trey Lance from his draft class. Yeah, I don't think he's played anyone else from his draft class. He hasn't played Zach Wilson. He's played Zach Wilson. He hasn't, he hasn't played, played Mac Jones. Jones. He hasn't played Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. So he, he gets it. Forced, he, forced, forced and, 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 he, and he plays Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson Theoretically, we don't know about Zach Wilson. And uh, Davis Mills. Yep. So he has a chance to go into the game. Really didn't. Did Trey Lance start that game? Was Jimmy G hurt? Uh, no, 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 Jimmy, Jimmy played that game. Jimmy played that game. Okay. Yeah. So, so he's one to know against quarterbacks. And he's like, oh, maybe it's a little, maybe it's a little something. Like Justin Fields is hundred percent the type of guy to like, to like prove like, Hey, like uh, I'm going to prove something. Now he has nothing to prove to the Houston Texans because right. they drafted yeah, Davis. I, I, would, like they drafted I would like Justin Fields to prove something to the league by playing well. That's what I would like Justin Fields to prove. <laughs> like, so, I don't care about the other quarterbacks. I would like him to prove to the entire league and to us. That would be nice. So here we go. So, again, like, when we talk about how the Bears could win this game, right, Houston has the 29th-ranked third-down conversion percentage in the league offensively, right? And this is what killed you against Green Bay. I mean, that is what – that you could not stop. Second you and 28, couldn't you couldn't stop because you couldn't tackle. So, those things need to be improved. But, like, I, I think this is a game where they're going to get a couple takeaways, but, like, Houston's just not going to be able to move the ball. And the Bears, like – like Houston's got three takeaways on the year, you know, one point five per game. So they gotta they gotta play clean, right? I mean, granted they did play Denver, and Denver looks pretty stinky, right? But it's still Russell Wilson, and it's still Portland Sutton, and it's still you know Javante Williams, guys on that team. But I look, I want to hear just your sort of what are your expect? Like, let's put it this way, right? Because I'm at a point where no where to set my expectations for the offense. Do I go off of my expectations that I had early in the year, which is a Compton offense that should be scoring around 24 points per game, putting up, you know, Justin Fields averaging about 240, 250 yards per game, a couple of touchdowns. What are your expectations for the offense as I type my password in here for the fourth nine time? Um, expectations. It's just so, like, what I'm expecting versus what I would like to see are two very different things. What I'm expecting is you probably throw the ball – Oh. See, that's where it gets in our play. All right. I expect the Bears to still put an emphasis on the run because Dave Montgomery had a great game against Green Bay. I mean, he really and did. Harbert had a good game, too. Oh. So, and this offensive line is playing better than you expected. And that was a good Packers front that you faced and a great 49ers front mm-hmm. despite the weather that you faced. So, I expect them to still emphasize the run because that's clearly the best part of your offense. It's clearly the part of your offense that is working the best. I do expect them to let Justin Fields throw the ball a little bit more because you can throw on this off- on this Houston defense a little bit. I mean, there's opportunity there for you to make some plays happen. So expectations, I mean. How many points? How many points? Ooh, 24 to 28. I think that's fair. I mean, that's, that's an improvement, right? And like, I would love to be in the 30s, but that's an improvement. And here's the thing, too. Like, it's so funny. We've been talking so, like, we've almost forgot the fact, and I, and I kind of realized this, and I was like, okay, maybe we take a step back as well because 
no one has even really mentioned the fact that the two defenses you played the first two weeks are two very good defenses. Like that's the 49ers arguably have the best front in football, aside from probably the Chargers with Mac and Bosa and the boys, the dogs that they got up front. But you know, the Packers Tampa you know, as well. Tampa, yeah. Akeem Hicks now you was know, out but how is he? That's not a surprise, but you know the Packers. You know, yeah, their their defensive front isn't as daunting, but they sure do have a damn good secondary, right? Like, like yeah, those things still good. again, like those things too have to be taken in consideration. I, I'm not trying to make excuses here. It's just those types of things would be said for other quarterbacks and other offenses. And now it, it was that it was to the point where like it was that bad. Where yes, yeah, something was clear. It wasn't just the fact that the defense was was playing well. Like obviously things were wrong offensively. You weren't just absolutely you know, blown away by what the defense presented to you. Like, no, there were issues on the offense that we talked about, but it still is worth mentioning the fact that, yeah, your first two games of the year, you didn't get lucky with the schedule. You played two of the best defenses in the league, and then you, you like, you split those two games. Like, you know, I want to talk about a positive outlook. 94%, that's the second time using that random percentage, 4%, 94% of the people thought you'd be 0-2 at this point. You are one and one. Sure. It, you're not 0 2. Jake, things will be so much worse if you were 0 2 because seven teams were 0 2 last year, didn't make the playoffs. I think it was nine teams a year before that, or, or maybe even more than that, were, were 0 2. None of them made the playoffs. If you go 0 2 in this day and age, I guess you're basically not going to make the playoffs at all. So at this point, like things could be worse. So that's true. But again, like you are going against a Texans defense that has performed okay from a scoring standpoint because teams haven't scored a lot on them. And yeah, they're, they're, I, I believe, I, don't, I think their red zone scoring defense is actually fourth in the league. They're allowing a TD only 28% of the time. And a lot of these, a lot of these stats here are, you know, we're two weeks, we're two weeks in. So it, it's hard to really, inflated. they're inflated. Correct. But this defense is not as talented as San Francisco defense. This defense is not as talented as the Green Bay defense. You just naturally, should have a little bit more success because they're not as good. Things sure. will not be as difficult for you. And this is, again, why we say this is the time to, 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 to iron things out. This is, this is like not even iron things out. Like I'm not talking about experimenting new things, Jake. I'm just talking about this is your chance to hit the slant route to Darnell Mooney. This is right. your chance to just do the simple, so, do the easy thing. So to my expectations, to your question, like I think of – so like I expect 20 times that you throw the ball at least. Uh I expect that a lot of that's going to go to Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. Cole Komet dropped his only target last week. Darnell Mooney was not targeted very much, and he had negative four yards. Like, I expect that to change. Because like you said earlier in the show, you have to get those guys going if you have if you hope to have any success right. on offense this year. You did it last week with Darnell Mooney, not Darnell Mooney, Dave Montgomery, in the run game. So now it's time to get the pass game going. Equinomia St. Brown cannot be your leading receiver. He can't. All power to him, but he, he can't. Can. Great. I hope he's a solid contributor for the Bears this year, but he can't be your leading guy. He can't be leading the team in touchdown receptions. Dante Pettis and Equinomia St. Brown leading the team with one touchdown reception each. Can't have it. Can't happen. So I expect we see a healthy dose of Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet this week. And maybe there's an emphasis on getting them on the ball and getting them involved in this offense. Because if you're going to have success this year, that has to be the case. And again, you get, like, it's not just a lowly. Lowly is wrong. I don't want to call them lowly. It's not just a Texans defense that's easier. You are getting help, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. Lucas Patrick, without the club today, will be playing the center position. Well, oh boy, Sam Lucifer looked bad. We oh, don't, we boy. don't know that Lucas okay. Patrick will first start. He was snapping a football today. We speculate right. that has two more days. To right, and, and 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 you yeah. get help with Lucas Patrick, but you know where you don't get help. Bayless Jones Jr. I mean, what is going on, man? Honestly. 
I will be. I will not be surprised if we don't see this guy at all this year. I mean, we. I, it's if, sure. It's like Lonzo Ball, right? If, if oh, they, he's close to returning, and now he's getting surgery. If, like, if they put Vilas Jones Jr. on IR tomorrow, I wouldn't be. Surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. Like we've seen this happen before. Yep. Like it's it's very concerning Kevin when bring a bell? Kevin. Yes, and 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 it's not like I. I no, no, sure, 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 but. He's he was he doesn't Kevin have White a, older when he came out of college too. Not as old as he is Joe Jr., but wasn't he like? Yeah, but but Kevin White's 21. injury concerns were, or his injury history was a concern before he was drafted. Like this is kind of new for him, but it's just it's frustrating, man, because they keep saying, oh, you know, he's getting better every week. Well, show he was me. Your, he, was, he was your third round pick. Right. He was your first offensive I mean, player drafted. He was the only skill position, only wide receiver drafted. Like you are putting your faith in this guy to to be something. If if they like clearly. They had a plan during the draft, and we talked about this during draft season. But if they didn't believe in Vail Jones Jr., they would have taken someone earlier. They yeah. would have taken – but they, they were like – Vail Jones Jr. was like supposed him. to make the training camp signing of Dante Pettis obsolete. Right. And now Dante Pettis is your leading touchdown score. Right. Or tied for leading touchdown score. Sure. And the other thing is, too, like let's throw some respect on special teams. Like or not some respect to the Bears special teams, but on respect on how much it matters. Like the Bears special teams has not been good. Like nope. bad decisions. Taking the ball out when you shouldn't. You're getting the ball. You're getting bad few position. I mean, part of the battle that I felt like we were having against the Packers, especially in that first half, was you were getting terrible field position. Terrible. Yep. Guys like, taking out of the end guys zone. Guys taking out of the end zone, and the, and and then you know you know bad bad decisions on returns, and then you know you're getting blown up, and then so so you start with bad field position, and then guess what? You know your drive stalls out on three and out. So now you're you know you got a rookie punter who's kicking it to Green Bay, and then they're starting the ball at the forty, and they all only got to get twenty yards to get in the field goal range. Like like. We know as Bears fans how important special teams is. We've had two of the best returners of all time, Devin Henson and Cordell Patterson, on our teams in the past 10 years. We understand that he, like, I would almost argue that him returning is more important for that aspect than it is for, like, the team. I mean, how important was Tariq Cohen? I mean, in the playoff game against the Eagles, he took that kick, like, 40 yards, gets you good in a position to at least get into field goal range for Parky to miss it, right? Like, it those things are so important and like nice. oh it's just it's frustrating because again he, he's not the key to the offense but i do think that they've had this idea all offseason that they're going to use him in a way that's going to be important and not having him there i it's, mean there's, it's there's a reason he was your first offensive player drafted uh it sucks i mean again like this is just have a bad feeling about it. Would not be surprised if he ends up on IR and done for the season uh, because this is just weird. We get no, we get seemingly no updates, no specifics on him whatsoever. So that's really cool and good and typical of the Bears. Bold predictions. All right, let's get into our bold predictions for this game against the Texans. Kevin, I know you're just full of them, so you start. No, I'm not full of them. I've only got one because my bold predictions have been absolutely garbage recently. Um, I think Darnell Mooney has a 100-yard receiving day. I do. If okay. you are a Darnell Mooney fantasy owner, He's projected 7.7 points after being projected around 11 the past couple of weeks. Start Darnell Mooney this week, okay? You know, even like this is if you want to trade for him, trade for him. Buy low on Darnell Mooney. This is his chance to go up. Again, we, we just we just spent about an hour on this show talking about how there is no better time than now for them to to, to have that relationship. And, and this isn't like other situations. You know, take Allen Robinson and Matt Stafford, right? Like people are skeptical to start uh, Allen Robinson in fantasy because. They don't know if there's a relationship there, right? You know, right. Matthew Stafford only throwing to the Cooper Cup and, and other people like that. But um, with Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields, we know the connection's there. We saw it last yep. year. He prioritized Darnell Mooney over Allen Robinson last year. They were, like, they were on the same page. They're doing Chipotle commercials, right? Like, these things 
the connection there is real. They, they, it, it exists. We know it exists. And they're playing a Texans defense that, that's allowing the fourth most uh, yards to wide receivers. Again, it's only two weeks. Those numbers are inflated, but they're true so far. Um, this is the chance. Corbin Sutton went off last week uh, with the Broncos. And then the week before that, Pittman had a great game. Darno Mooney is going to have a game. This is also a guy like Justin Fields who's not he's, I mean, no, like he's not content with the performance he's been putting up. No shot, right? Like this sure. guy, this guy, this guy wants the ball and he's gonna ball for a specific stat line. I'm actually gonna go 112 yards and a touchdown for Darnell Mooney. One of those being, I think, like a 30, 40 yarder, nice little, nice little go route or something, you know, something nice. So I think Darnell Mooney has a big day, and we got the, the stats to back it up. This isn't just my Darnell Mooney optimism. And I, do I wanna be right about all the freaking videos I made in the offseason about how good he's going to be and all the times we said he's going to be a 12-inch yard receiver or kind of in trouble with that stat line. But, yeah, that's part of it. So what do you got for me? Let's get something spicy. All right. My bold prediction for this game, David Montgomery has a three-touchdown day. Whether it's receiving, whether it's rushing, I think we're going to see a healthy dose of David Montgomery in this game. After the Justin Fields phantom stuff at the goal line, they're just going to feed David Montgomery. They are going with Lucas Patrick being back at center. This offensive line has been playing pretty well. Kevin already mentioned earlier how this Houston Texans defense is not as good as the defense that we've seen. And David Montgomery ran all over the Packers last week. So I think we see a lot of David Montgomery. I think one of them might be on a slip screen or a, a throw in the flat from Justin Fields. Might not be all rushing. One or two might be receiving. But I think once you're in the red zone, you're going to see a lot of David Montgomery. Give Montgomery three touchdowns. I almost don't want it just because, like, I I, I want Justin Fields to have such a good game, right? Like, I, I, I want... mean, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have a good game, right? That's one true. Could, I mean, he gets he can throw one to David Montgomery and he gets two on the ground. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I, I'm down for it. And, and look, again, I, I mentioned it earlier. Like, if you go back and watch the tape again, like, holy crap, he was running so well everywhere. Yeah. Grant Green Bay. I mean, some of those cuts, like, I haven't you haven't seen that from David Montgomery. Like I've seen the, yeah. the the broken tackles, but some of the cuts he was making, like his agility, that like he's well, always had that you know the that whole lateral of this regime was agility and big right, explosive. Feet, so, yeah, man, he was fun to watch on Sunday. So yeah, I, I'm down for that. And then you waste it. And if you're predicting him to score three touchdowns, seems like he might be giving the Bears a win. What do we got for predictions, Jake? All right, game predictions. Uh, I do think the Bears are going to win this game. Uh, I just think, despite. The personnel on your team not being great, I still think it's better than what the Texans have. You have the better coach. You have the better quarterback. That typically in the NFL leads you to wins. Uh, So I will go that the Bears win this game. I will say that they win 24-17. to Okay. So they cover the spread. That's currently at two and a half, Joe. Um, It is not. There's no way. Is that minus two and a half? It is not that little. There's no way. It's at minus two and a half today, according to BetMGM. Unless something has changed, the Bears are only favored by two and a half points. Jake's going to fact check for our betters on the show. Tease the Texans up. Of which there are are many. Tease the Texans up. Why? You can tease the Texans up to 10? You have to do that. You mean Bears? Like to get the the Bears at like minus? No. Tease the Texans up. Why? Because they're gonna cut like this, the Bears are not winning this game by double double digits. If you could tease, yeah, it's at two. If you could tease the Texans up to ten and like if you do a multi team teaser, okay, like three okay, four okay. teams, if you tease uh, the Texans okay, up to ten, okay. I see what you mean. Okay, uh, I would say take the Bears at minus ten. I'm gonna take You're the Bears. Insane. I'm gonna take the Bears by double digits in this game. Look, not very often do you see a game on the schedule that is labeled a statement game, a statement game in, in week three. Like this, this, this is. 
Like, I, is it a statement game if you're it, expected to win? Unless it, that's, unless, that's fair. That's unless fair. you're predicting like a twenty point blow. Uh, it's it almost it to me it just it feels like a litmus test almost like it, it just does like wait, like and, and this is because we're dumb stupid well, impatient well, Bears we did, fans. But. We did say this on Sunday night. This is going to say a lot about this regime. Right. And how far right. the hits principle goes is how you bounce back from this demoralized Hey, I'm I'm pissed you about it. I forgot to put that in my notes because I do think this is a team that is built to respond well to adversity. And I think that's one of the foundational. So good about, about that in the past. Well, that's why you are Matt Eberflus. That's one of the foundational principles of what he's trying to preach here. Is look, you're not like, and this is the one of the more redeeming qualities of Justin Fields is you know not only play to play but game to game. He does, he doesn't make the same mistake twice. Like Justin Fields is a guy who typically understands the mistakes he made and ain't gonna allow it to happen multiple games in a row, right? Like that didn't really happen a lot last year. Um, like he would always bounce back and. I think he's going to bounce back this week. I think the whole team bounces back again. You're, you, you get lucky that you're at home. You got a couple times this year, I think three times this year, you go back-to-back road games. So this is the one, or maybe t- twice or three times. It happens at least two times this year. You have to take advantage of being able to come back home, kind of reset. You're in front of the home crowd. It's a sunny day. It's going to be, or maybe not, it might be rain again. Uh, it's going to be a day in Chicago where everyone's going to be at the stadium. And I think they're going to come ready to play. If you defense to get multiple takeaways, you are better than this football team. Remind everyone, why you aren't in the same tier as the Texans. After week one, I made the statement, you are not in the same tier as the Texans and, you know, what I guess now consists of the Texans and, you know, the Seahawks, I guess, and maybe the, I don't know. I can't even put it. I don't even know. You, you, like, it was, like, that was my it, It's weird because, like, now. every team that I previously would have put in that tier is, like, getting reduced, except for the Falcons. The Falcons are in there. But, like, Jags, big win. Uh, like, the, uh, the Falcons almost came back against the Rams. Yeah, they, they might be better than we back. thought. They almost came they back. They might be better than we yeah, thought. Yeah, I'm not you might be on the same level. They're the always They're fair, but, but, like, nonetheless, you might the, be on the same level. The Bears are a better football team than the Texans, and I think they're going to show it. And I think Justin Fields is going to have a bounce-back game. And, again, like, I just – I'm so sick of the internet. I'm so sick of, of Twitter and Instagram and all these questions and all the conversations, and I turn on first take, and it's, uh, it's Justin Fields, the, the – I don't actually turn on first take. It was just sort of like uh, I only turn on first take on Mad Dog Wednesdays. I I never turn on first take. I prefer Mad Dog Wednesdays a little bit. I bet they are, but I hope on Mad Dog Wednesday next week they're talking about Justin Fields' three hundred yards, four touchdown performance, and I think that's what's going to happen. The Chicago that'd be relevant. The Chicago Bears are winning this game. 31 to 10. It ain't going to be close. This is a good football team. That we would be all, a statement game. We, that would be a statement. That's what I mean. It would be a statement win. They were all, everyone was all reactionary after Sunday. And sure, people are going to say, and, and, and you know what's going to happen is if we went 31 to 10, Jason Cummins podcast, it's just the Texans. Uh, no. It's true. I won't do that. No. I want to hear it. If you win 31 to 10, it means you're a good football team. No, it doesn't. It does. Bears are a good football team. They're not a good football team. They're on their way to being a good football team. Let's okay. put it that way. That. And they are going to win this game in front of their home crowd. It's going to be electric, and I'm hyped. And our guy, Dion Brooks, he's going to ignite the fans. He might be a decoy on the field, according to what he said. So there you go. Do you have think it. they play the video before the game? No. They can't play it, right? They can't play it. Yeah. No. Sort of a negative. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I was like, it's funny that they reached out. I mean, it's not funny. I mean, no, it's kind of funny. Because it shows his loyalty as a fan. Like right. that, that's really what yeah. it's all about. And and it's I just wonder what they're gonna do. Because yeah, you put, TikTok because and stuff. We, like, we, we, we obviously love Dion, but like how many people in that stadium do you think are gonna like know what it is? 
Yeah. If they don't show it. I like, see what I, you like, mean. like, do you think our parents know who we well, are? Well, I don't think they're going to like, I don't think they're going to like introduce them at the stadium. I think what they do, like what, this is a, a very common thing in content creation now is they reach out to like influencers or, or like, like you remember the corn kid for that whole thing on TikTok? Corn kid rocks, I would die like, like corn kid, like everyone's reaching out to corn kid. Like it's the same <laughs> idea. Like, well, let's make a couple of videos with him. It's good for their publicity. It's good for his publicity. It, it, it's, it's Okay, so you think they're thing. just doing stuff yeah, to post with them? Yeah, okay, like some YouTube fair. stuff, some social oh, stuff. Well, that's what I guess. But yeah, Dion's the man again. Thanks for hit. Thanks to him sure, for, uh, yeah. for jumping on. That was that was super fun to talk to him and, and get a little bit of insight of how that video went down. If you haven't seen it again, check his social channels or literally check any sports. Just open your social media. Just open your social media. But uh, I'm let's put it this way. I'm more excited to watch Bears football today than I was last Sunday. I'm going to be ready to go as I usually am. Who was it last year before we head out of here? It, it was uh, who went on that epic rant about – I think it was Shane who was like – don't lie to yourself. You're gonna wake up on oh, Sunday because yeah, we're masochists. Because we're masochists. Oh, sure. You're gonna wake up on Sunday. You're gonna watch the game. That was Shane. Uh, you're gonna do it. You, you're gonna, shout out Shane Reardon. You're gonna do it. You're gonna wake up and you're yeah. gonna be ready for the game. You're I'm gonna. You're gonna. Yeah. You're gonna watch the game. You're gonna be excited about it. You're gonna be excited about it. So I don't know if I'll be excited like Shane alluded to in his rant last year. It's just masochism. Yeah. Like you're just you know ready to be heard again. Fair enough. All right. Well, that being said, we both are predicting Bears wins. Uh, Kevin by the blowout fashion, mine by a close, scrappy game, uh, as I want to do. Uh, but we're both predicting Bears wins, which you have not said often over the last couple of years. So, Texans come to town. Bears take care of business, hopefully, allegedly. God, I hope so. And then we'll be back to do the recap, and uh, Kevin can sing the praises of uh, Luke Getze and Justin Fields and how Lucas Patrick being at center changes the whole complexion of this team. So, tune in for that, because we will be doing it. So, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. We will see you after the Texans game to break it down, what is hopefully, God, a Bears win, a bounce-back win, following the disappointing loss to the Packers. So, until then... You guys are the best. We always appreciate you for watching, for listening. Shout out to Dion Brooks. He's the man. We hope to have him back on the podcast again sometime. But for myself, for Kevin, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. We will see you later in the week. And as always, bear down.